0: Hello and welcome back to the SC Heartback Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to another episode of the SC Send-Off. We're giving every team a quick review heading out of the 2023 season as we get into our offseason content for the 2024 season. I've had someone on every podcast uh, so far this series and i struggled to get an answer in the group chat for this one. So we've got to Team 8 and out of all the Supercoach teams, probably the most... uh, Hardest one to watch, let's say, for the uh, 2023 season, and most seasons that is, that is the Canberra Raiders. So we'll jump straight into it. What are my thoughts, my first thought for the 2023 Superculture season for the Raiders? I will say for the Raiders, the one thing I will say is they are one of those teams that really help you in a pinch. And what I mean by that in-draft is there's always guys on the waiver. uh, There's always guys available for trade. I think that it's one of those teams where you're not really locked to anyone. I think besides Joey Tarpane this year and heading into this year, especially um, there wasn't anyone else you really kind of were like hammering the door down for. Um, If you look at the average draft position, uh, Joey Tarpane was 20 overall. The next guy was Hudson Young at 34. Then Jamal Fogarty at 58. So there's only three Raiders in the top 60. Um, You look a bit further, Josh Pabali at a 76. That would be a lot of auto drafting. Jack White at a 93. That's just people who know the name. Then you have to jump all the way down to 147 uh, to get to a So that's the player number six overall in that team. So it kind of shows you that from a draft perspective, uh, it was really guys on offer for you. And if you needed someone to fill a role, uh, they were there. And then Classic, you came into pod territory, obviously. I think everyone had Tapani. But if you went early on a guy like uh, Corey Horsberg or Matt Timoko, I think that obviously got you a nice dead there so that's my first thoughts i think it's one of those teams that we kind of all go you know how is the key going to rotate the forwards is there enough attack in the outside backs they're going to score enough points uh, but it's one of those teams where you know if you need a fill position because of an injury or suspension you're them versus the tigers or the dragons issue you kind of lean to the raiders and the one thing i will say about the raiders is um averages you know you've got not you got nine guys over averaging uh 50 then you got got uh, 15 guys averaging a 40-plus. So, like I said, a perfect plug-and-play team uh, just to get you a score. So that's my third source there. Let's go straight into the great category. We've got two guys in the greats. I think it's no surprises who. Joey Tarpanet and Corey Horsberg both finished in the 60s. Tarpanet with a 64, probably one of the quietest uh, and most disappointing 64s we will see. And then Corey Horsberg with a 61, who really did come out of nowhere and became one of those Dual fours that we love so much in Supercoach. So I think those two guys really held their own. I was tempted to put Tapenade into the good category, uh, just because of the way you have to draft him, or you know, just obviously the sheer cost in getting him at the start of the season. But for me, he's one of those guys. You kind of know what you're going to get with taps. You get your 55 to 60, you know, he will have a game where he plays less minutes and gets a 42, but then you might get a game where he scores a try and goes a 90. So I think for me, Tapenade is only one of those guys where. You just feel safe locking him in. He's not going to, I think, especially into the next season after this disappointing year. You may be able to, if you start slow next year, get him for a decent penny in a trade, um, getting pretty low cost. And then in Classic, I think he will start relatively high, what I would think, you know, depending on the other guys around him. I still think he'll be somewhere in that 14 to 22% uh, ownership uh, heading in there. So I think those two guys, if I had to give an MVP, I'll give it to Horsberg only because. Probably a little slightly less owned. He was in that pod range when you jumped on him. And um, yeah, I just think it was fun owning the horse this year. A team that had a lot of decent averages had a couple of good. So obviously, Matt Timoko, Hudson Young, Jamal Fogarty, uh, Jordan Rapana, Josh Popoliti, even a guy like Elliot Whitehead, you know, someone that we always write off in super coaching, you know, oh yeah, do I want that 35 in my score? He was there, 22 games, 52 average. So someone there that you knew what you are going to get. Matt Timico was an interesting one. Like I said, I think he's one of those guys. Average draw position 260. Um, had a couple of blinding scores, a couple of highs of 122. Obviously, had the low score in him when everyone kind of jumped on. and there's some price rises. He did have an 18 in there. Um, but yeah, I just think he's one of those guys, if he gets good, consistent early ball, he can beat most of the matchups in the comp that will go up against him. And he will start as a pot next year. You know, if you do look at He's average. At 57, he'll be in, you know, potentially that mid-500s. I do think he's going to be one of those guys, depending on that opening Raiders draw. um, But I think the big thing for any Raiders looking forward is what are they going to do at 5'8"? You know, Jamal Fogarty's going to be the hardback for this team, but do they have someone that can step in there and steer them around? Because it's all going to be about attack here. Can they get to the attack? I think the forwards are going to speak for themselves. A guy like Matt Timoko might be one of those guys might need a couple of weeks to kind of work out how they're going to play. He might drop a little bit of coin, then you can jump on him. Hudson Young, um, you know, he was very high in a lot of people's rankings this year. Like I said, he was a uh, pick 34 overall. But for me, I just think that he's going to be, again, he's pretty reliant on his inside man giving him good service, as most two RFs are. But I just think that, especially, you know, if you went really early around uh, two or three, Drop him this year. You will definitely be scared off next year. So he might be one of those guys that falls a little bit low. And if I do look at where I have him in the current big board, um, just bring it up now. And look, he's someone that I, I struggle to put to find where I want to put him um, because again, he can be a gun, or he could you know be someone who really relies. So I've got him as pick number. Uh, 86 overall so one two three four five six that's around a six round seven grade right now there's just a couple of guys I would want ahead of him um but again if he drops that much in your draft, that's tremendous value now and you are kind of betting on the upside there so I do like him there and obviously Jamal Foggy, who we spoke about a guy in halfback, you know if you're one of those guys that don't get clear in high and he's so not really fussed on the next couple of guys you know he's another good a game where he scores a 70. And we'll have a game where he scores a 30 and it's just about playing those matchups and seeing, I think he's one of those guys for me that I'll look to next year where I think he will drop in the draft um, from where he was this year. I think he's a guy that you could kind of draft potentially a DCE round two. And then if Fogarty's is still there around eight or nine, as a bit of coverage and, you know, a bit of trade fodder. I think Jamal Fogarty could be one there. Pretty interesting. Let's go into... They only had a few fails. Uh, like I said, this is a team that really did um, perform well. Uh, so I will go to hooker. Um, there's quite a few teams like Parramatta where you just wish one of these hookers would kind of stand out and give us an option. We have Tom Starling, who averaged a 35. Zach Wolford averaged a 35. Twenty-two I mean, games, 20 games. So availability is there, no problem, but they're just not sharing the minutes. They're not sharing the points there. So one of these seasons... Um, you know, obviously Danny Levi was out the start of the season. But one of these seasons, they're going to have to lean on one of these guys. And I do hope it is Tom Starling. We do know Tom Starling has that upside and ability in that attacking upside. So I'm going to be one of those guys that always just holds up hope for Tom Starling. I think he's one of those guys where if you can't A-hook position, you need a run, you could go there and you know, you can hope that he's going to score a 45 with an attacking stat, but I'm never going to give up on a guy like Tom Starling where we know the potential in a shallow hooker position. I'd much rather, right, if I don't get one of those top five guys at a round that I like, I'll always lean to just either aiding out that position or just filling it with one of these guys and hoping to strike oil. Um, you know, thinking back to what Jerry Marshall King last year, you know, not highly drafted at all, but came into um, a nice position there. So, yeah, I'll start off with there. Uh, a guy like Nick Kotrick, I don't know what's happened to him. Play 12 games, a 26 average. He's unplayable, basically, when he does get in that side. You know, there's always that one of oh, I'll grab him because he's got a match matchup. Don't do it to yourself. It's just not going to be there. And then the other guy I will give, and again, it's a guy that, heading into last year, you know, pick 196, It's not terrible. You know, there were guys like Rabalawa, Matt Timicol, who was drafted after this, but yeah, Xavier Savage. I don't know what happened to him, but yeah, the asked for only played the one game for 49. That was with a try. It'll be very interesting to see what happens uh, heading into these uh, coming seasons because um, you've got guys in reserve grade that look like might get the run on him. I think Chevy's going to be a guy there that is going to um, – you've already seen he's playing fullback over him in reserve grade. So, um, yeah, he might be one of those guys that, you know, if a team needs a bit of X Factor or wants to kind of get something back, he could potentially be – I'm thinking of, you know, if we're talking in these uh, new – player swap mold, you know, if the sharks need something back for a guy like Connor Tracy, you know, obviously not they're not equal players, but at least you get something back in returns, you know. I know k Dykes, but maybe you mold him into a winger as a backup wing or even a center potentially. Um you know you look at other teams like a Paramount Eagle always was always looking for something in the back line. Maybe moving Gutho into the center to shore up that spot and put Savage out the back there. So I just think he's one of those guys and be very interesting. Um he was injured at the start of the season this year. Um, so he was stashed on a lot of benches uh, and then eventually just became on of waivers and never played again. So yeah, he's going to be one that is going to be an interesting one here into next year, but let's wrap this podcast up again. It's a team that, you know, there's not many superstars in it, a lot of good. And like I said, this to me is turning into, I've been doing the draft comp with the boys. This is our six heading into our sixth season. They're just turning into, every year they're turning more and more, and I think especially heading into next year with the uncertainty around the number six position, they're going to be the perfect waiver position. It's all going to be about, you know, I haven't got someone here. I need a plug-and-play. The plug-and-play Raiders, I think, is definitely going to be it. By 2024, is there hope for the Raider fans or Supercoach guys that, for some reason, love the Raiders? I think there is. Like I said, I think this forward pack is still going to do Good work. I think Tappanay and Horsberg are going to be two guys in that front row four position. Um, It'll be interesting if both of them keep their jewels because that's what makes them very, very appealing. So he's hoping that both of them get their jewels. Um, I think the number six is going to be very interesting. Like I said, Jack White has been such a mainstay there. We know how he plays, he's a very dominant ball runner. I would like to see potentially a guy that can help Jamal with a bit of organizing and playmaking and get a bit of uncertainty on both sides of the rock in terms of the defense. Um, now I've I've been pretty surprised to not see them not go for guys like Jack Cogler bring back Brad Schneider. I can't see them rolling into the next season with a guy like Matt Frawley and thinking that's it. Um so I do think there is a move there. You know, I would, I would love to actually see Aidan Caesar down at the Raiders. Um he's obviously the Tigers this year. I just think there's gotta be a five eight somewhere. Um and again I, there, there's enough quality sixes going around in the comp where I'm sure there can be one that can plug in and do a job there. And if they do get someone that is, you know, again, Matt Frawley is a very good third, uh, you know, one of your halves is out or they're on origin duty, plug him in. We've seen him do that job very, very well. But we need someone to go in there, partner Jamal, have these guys that can do a job for them. I think fullback is another interesting position. You know, you had Chris there for most of the season. There's no Sebastian Chris. Rapana finished the season. Uh, Yeah, I just think they've got to work out that. Number one and number six jersey. And I think then, once there's some stability there, we know what the performance is going to be. We can then look at this team as a viable option. But this is going to be a team in the draft. Mark my word. Besides, I'll give five names. Besides Tapene, Horsberg, Timicor, Young, and I'll throw in whoever the fullback is, whoever gets named a fullback. Those will be the five guys that will, you'll have to drop a normal or slightly over position. Everyone else in this roster will be available at points in the draft where you're going to get very good value for. So that is one I want you to just give them an eye on this Raiders side. And again, oh, yuck, the Raiders, they're a good fodder team. They're enough to get you to a certain position. You're, you're third 2RF with the last pick in the draft, Elliot Whitehead, your fourth CTW in the 12th round, Jordan Rampana. These are the type of guys, I think, heading into next season that will be up for value. So just remember, we've got a bit more of the off-season. Check those signings, see how they're running around in the off-season. We'll talk about more about them. I think this will be a very interesting team heading into next year. So one to watch, guys. But again, no one wanted to come onto the pod today, so I don't know whether that's me as a podcast host or just the Canberra Raiders not being that exciting. So on the socials, at the SC Hardback, you will see the normal picture of me, with either Chris, Chris, or Nom. Uh, it'll just be me and uh, old sticky Ricky Stewart there. So that's something to look forward to when this pod drops. But thanks for listening, guys. Head out to uh, the socials at the SC Heartback. Give us a follow. Give us a like, all those things. Reach out any topics of the season you want covered, any questions, and we will make a podcast straight away uh, for those ones. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day, and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.